Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, episode 38, exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use discount code THERINK to get yourself some nice rink wear or just some puck hockey gear, either or. Uh, you, you will see that all of our writers are decked out in the rink wear for Christmas and stuff, uh, and uh, including John and I, sir, <laughs> with all of our rink stuff. Um, go check it out. Go buy some. Use that discount code. Buy Christmas presents for everybody. So today is Wednesday, December 12th, 2018. I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. Yes, Satan. What's up, jerks? And I am joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll, sir. Hello. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, all I have to say is let's throw it to Steve Conroy. We need some kind of energy, whether it's a, shit, a shift, uh, a good shift, a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve Conroy, back in the box. I'm going to throw him in the box with Laz. <laughs> Uh, not too good man <laughs> we're off to a rousing start so um well let me finish this up together we are your most trusted sources at the favorite online hangout the dash rink.com the dash with the cash um so we're here the blackhawks just started playing uh the pittsburgh penguins they're about uh seven minutes into the uh first period so you might hear us some oohs and some ahs or just some more heads hitting desks, more more likely. Moral victory so far. The Penguins have scored zero goals the first seven minutes of the game. So <laughs> well, that's rare. That is rare. With we the got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah, if they could score first, it would be a miracle. But I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, that. Now we got three and two. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice pass by Crosby. I wasn't ready for it. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So anyway, as we get right into this. Uh, I just want to open this up with today, Dylan Sakura and uh, Kelly, don't call me uh, Carl Dahlstrom, was called up from uh, Rock. Actually, I think it's Carl, don't call me Kelly. But he likes Kelly, I think. I don't know. Cause it, I don't know. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I think Sorry. he likes Kelly, but they call him Carl. I don't know. Whatever I don't know. I think I would prefer Carl to Kelly, but that's me. I think Kelly is his like given name. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Goofy Swedes. But uh, with with that being done, with uh, with that being done today, uh, Alexander Fortin was sent down to Rockford. Uh, you know, moment of silence for your boy. It's a sad day. <laughs> You're being very on, dude. So and Artem Anisimov, who got a, what looks like or is a concussion the other day from Shea Weber against Montreal, uh, was put on IR so that they could bring up these two players for tonight's game. Um, so. With that all being said, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's throw it over to our boy uh, Mario Terabasi so he can give us the Warpigs report, and then we'll kind of come right back and we'll talk about the rest of the stuff that's going on. So, here we go, Mario. I had a request to get a new one. Yeah, I had a request to get a new one, but I haven't gotten that together yet. I'm a little busy, so. Man, come on. So, anyway. Uh, Let's throw it over to Mr. Mario Terabasi, and we will be right back. (laughs) 
Hey guys, thanks for having me on with the uh, Ice Hogs report here. Um, obviously big news today, Carl Dahlstrom and Dylan Sakura both recalled to the Chicago Blackhawks coming the other way back to the Rockford Ice Hogs is Alexander Fortin. Um, also, uh, as part of the, the, the moves made today by the Blackhawks, Artem Anisimov put on IR. I'm sure you guys have uh, covered all of that uh, leading up to, uh, to now. But uh, yeah, Ice Hogs this season um, have gone through a, a transition, obviously with uh, Jeremy Colleton being uh, named the replacement for Joel Quenville. Interim head coach in Rockford, Derek King, uh, has had a bit of an up and down uh, kind of streaky start to his tenure as uh, head coach of the Ice Hogs. And even before that, the team was going, you know, kind of in and out of, of consistently, uh, you know, good or streaky play. Um, they are currently fifth in the AHL Central Division based on points. They are sixth based on points percentage, but obviously at the end of the year, everyone in the Central plays the same amount of games, so it will go down to points. Uh, but they are 11, 10, and 5 uh, so far this season, coming off uh, a 4-0 loss on Saturday uh, to the Chicago Wolves, a team that's given them uh, a ton of, uh, of, of issues this year so far. Obviously, the, the Illinois Cup rivalry is uh, you know alive and well, especially after last season's first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, but Chicago so far has, has, has done pretty well uh, against Rockford. Uh, the offense for Rockford this year has been, uh, much like the team, very streaky. Uh, they are last in the league in goals for. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been hard to, to come by to get consistent offense, to get consistent goals. Um, you know, the, the two guys that have been leading the team as far as, as point production, Anthony Lewis uh, and Dylan Sakura, as far as goals go, those two guys um, have been leading the way. Now Sakura going up uh, to Chicago for the time being. Uh, they'll definitely miss his uh, offensive production. Um, Sakura not only leading the team in goals, but also overall points with 18 uh, through 26 games. He's also uh, leaving the team uh, at this point in time, uh, tied for fifth in AHL rookie scoring. Um, he's been, like, like I said, the, the biggest driver of their offense this season, um, but it's been an offense that has been very quiet uh, so far this year. Um, obviously losing... Matthew Highmore to a shoulder injury uh, early on in the year didn't really do uh, the Ice Hogs any favors. He was one of the uh, stars from last year's team uh, coming into his second year pro. Um, losing him has, has been a big hit for the Ice Hogs uh, in their forwards group. But what's really uh, been helping them is their defensive play. Guys like uh, Darren Radish and uh, Carl Dahlstrom have been pretty uh, consistent at both ends of the ice. Um, the top two point uh, point scorers for defensemen now. Dahlstrom getting a getting a look in Chicago with uh, with the recall today. Um, pretty interested to see what what he's able to do with uh, with the Blackhawks. I actually think of him or Sakura. Uh, Dahlstrom might actually have more of an impact to you know the group that he's that he's you know, walking into with the roster, Chicago's defense has been uh, terrible <laughs> all, all season. And um, Dahlstrom's a player that brings a little bit of size, a little bit of physicality, 
uh, a willingness to to play a defensive minded game. Um, but he's able to to move pretty well for for a guy his size, um, and he's responsible with the puck in his own end, uh, which is something that Chicago needs. Uh, he is rarely prone to to bad turnovers, um, so it'll be interesting to see. It, you know, he's he's going to get into the lineup uh, tonight against the the Penguins, as is Sakura. Um, and Sakura, I mean, like I said, I, I think Dahlstrom will have more of an impact to the to the to the spot in the roster that he's going to to fill more than Sakura but I only say that because the forwards group is more of a strength right now for Chicago than than the defensive group is and really I don't I don't see Sakura coming in and and being a world beater at the NHL level because you know he's been he's been good at the AHL level but he hasn't been you know uh, a standout stellar um you know, high-end, leading the league kind of kind of performer. He's been leading the Ice Hogs, but um, like I mentioned before, their their offense has been at the bottom of the league, and uh, I, I think he'll definitely step in and provide them uh, a bit of energy, a bit of speed, a bit of playmaking ability. Um, he has improved defensively uh, with the Ice Hogs this year as as the year has gone on, um, but I I think it'll be. Still a learning curve for him at the NHL level, um, and an interesting an interesting quote from from interim head coach Derek King when I talked with him on Friday uh, after the Ice Hogs beat the Grand Rapids Griffins three two in overtime, Sakura uh, scoring the tie-in and game-winning goal uh, in that game. You know, I asked him about what he felt Sakura has done as far as. Um, you know, development and, and, and whatnot through the beginning part of this season. And, you know, he alluded to that, that, that Dylan puts a lot of pressure on himself to be the best guy on the ice every night. And while that's not a bad thing, it's, it's certainly tough to continuously put that kind of pressure on, on yourself in a, in, in, in his first full year of playing professional hockey. Um, you know, if he's personally up for the challenge, then by all means go for it. But, uh, you know he's he's he was learning the AHL. Now he's stepping into the NHL again. You know he had a handful of games last season, but he's stepping into the NHL again, where guys are bigger, faster, stronger. And Sakura is, um, you know, a, a very uh, thin frame uh, for an NHL player. So it'll be interesting to see how his game translates and and how Jeremy Colleton uses him with the Blackhawks lineup as it is now. Um, so that uh, obviously has been the two uh, big news, big news items of, of, of today from Rockford. Um, moving forward, I, I think there's there's something to be said that you know now for the foreseeable future, Rockford will be without Sakura, without Dahlstrom. Those are two leaders at both ends of the ice, and you know who's really going to step up? Who's going to be uh, the guys to uh, to 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 take over those roles and you know who's going to be the uh the offensive driver who's going to be the you know the defenseman to step into the lineup and you know be be solid uh you know on on the blue line one thing that Rockford has not had to worry about uh pretty much all season has been their individual play in net um Colin Delia and Anton Forsberg have both been pretty rock steady uh, all season, it's just the uh, the goal support 
that they're actually not really getting from the offense. Uh, Colin Delia specifically, you know, he is seventh in the league in goals against average and third in the league in save percentage, yet he has a 5-5-4 record. Um, Anton Forsberg also has, you know, been been pretty good at the AHL level this this season outside of one bad game in which he gave up seven goals in, in, in two periods. Uh, he's been, you know, in the in the high uh, nine, nine, uh, 10s and 920s in save percentage. And um, really, either one of those guys in net interchangeably are uh, reliable for Rockford this year. Um, it's just the offense out front of them have to uh, start providing some goal support. So I think if they can get that going uh, moving forward here, uh, as the uh, as the calendar turns over into 2019, um, Rockford can again uh, make uh, make 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 a run. They have the talent. I think they just kind of have to put everything together and you know string together some wins and you know get get points in in, in, in the important games. Uh, obviously, the roster for for Chicago and for Rockford this year will be uh, interesting to see the dynamic of players that come in and come out. You know, with, with Chicago potentially making trades, uh, moving, moving some big players potentially. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what the roster will end up looking like for the Ice Hogs because last season we saw a roster turnover that you know benefited Rockford. You know, keeping uh, keeping Cody Franzen in the AHL, you know, bringing in Christy Domenico and. Um, Adam Clendenny and those guys ended up playing a big part in getting the Ice Hogs into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is going to be for the roster this year because they're they're hanging around a playoff spot right now, but uh, currently on the outside looking in. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how the season develops. But um, that's all I got for right now. Uh, Ice Hogs back in action this weekend. Three games in three nights. They are at uh, the Grand Rapids Griffins on Friday back home on Saturday and Sunday taking on the Texas Stars and then the uh, Griffins again on Sunday so uh, we'll have more on the Ice Hogs on therink.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at Mario underscore Terabasi and uh, yeah send it back to you guys Okay, thank you, Mario. So he, he kind of set it up for the whole Sakura Dahlstrom thing, um, them you know being in the lineup for the first time this year, or at least uh, during the regular season. Uh, Dahlstrom, uh, the, the lines uh, going into the game were uh, Sakura was playing on what I guess would be the third line with Kampf and Perlini, and Dahlstrom was playing with Murphy on the third, well, I don't know. I don't know which is the third pairing and which is the second pairing. Because honestly, you could swap. We're all third pair. (laughs) (laughs) Over the line! (laughs) Sad but true. Yeah, it is. Um, So, you know, they're they're in. They've both had their first shifts. They haven't killed anybody just yet. And like you said a little earlier, the... uh, the, uh, They haven't scored on the Blackhawks yet. So it's a moral victory at this point in time. But, uh, so... What did you think of the – what were your opinions of this whole Fortin-Sakura-Dahlstrom uh, charade thing? Uh, you know, listen, I, I like Alex Fortin. I love his speed. I love his commitment. He, he plays 110% every shift. 
Um, but you know, his, his NHL role, if, if he has one going forward is going to be as a four checker, uh, fourth line energy player. Um, you know, a guy who can, who can gather a transition, a, a stretch pass and maybe get a goal that way occasionally and keep defenses a little more honest, but you know, it's fine. Um, I think that they're hoping that secure might give them some kind of a lift at forward maybe, and, and, you know, generate a little more offense and, Probably Dahlstrom and Blake Hillman were their two best defensive defense defensive defensemen in the minors. So easy for you to say. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you know, maybe it helps a little bit somehow. You know, on some level, we'll see. Um, other than that, it's, it's kind of a meh move. I don't, you know. Yeah, right. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I secure- mean, there's there's people on the internet just like getting no. <laughs> totally out over their skis over Sakura. And it's like, uh, yeah, you might want to slow your roll, Ace. Um, but it's just how some people are. Yeah, well. Yeah, uh, well, everyone wants the, you know, this next move to be the thing that's going to, yeah. you know, yeah. hurl them in the right direction. Yeah. And and this is not the move probably that's going to do it. And and we didn't even really mention this earlier, but uh, this is kind of Murphy's second game back, right? Second. Yep. Yep. So uh, and he just had a big hit on Melkin. Uh, you know, it's kind of a sloppy hit, but it was a big yeah. hit. And he'll do uh, that. I yeah. Mean, right. Which that's that guy. That's something they've been lacking. Yeah. I mean, so you, you can know, hate a, that that, uh, you know, that fear of coming over the blue line with your head down. And getting laid out, I mean, that's that's a real thing. Um, and he's he is that guy. I mean, he made he. I thought he made a couple of nice plays last night. He made a couple of bonehead plays too. That's to be expected. His first game back, but uh, um, you know, he's he's better than a lot of what they've had. Um, so that's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Jeremy Colton, three twelve and two record as Blackhawks head coach. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's what I, I I was saying earlier. Is he was he he got t- he got the pin pulled out of a grenade and just thrown in his lap. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna talk about that a little bit tonight. Yeah. So, well, so we had the move. Um, it, it's not gonna really make any any big deal. I think actually Connor Murphy will will, will make a bigger you know splash in the lineup, and he, I think he kind of already has. He had a, he had a big hit the other night. And he had a big hit. I mean, they need someone that could do that. And, 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 you know, that's not being like, you know, a gorilla here saying that we need to fight all the time and beat everybody no. up. But you need to have the ability to be able to throw a hit. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a big guy. I mean, look at what Brian Campbell used to do sometimes. Yeah. And he was yeah. a tiny dude. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if he was able to you use his body right and, and time it right and whatever. But they don't right now. They don't have that kind of player, and Connor Murphy is the closest they have to it because Brent Seabrook's so damn slow. So yeah, it's slow. And I just I don't I don't I think with his history of, of concussions, I don't think he wants to engage that way anymore either. So yeah, and I mean it, it really is. It's it's a legitimate thing in hockey that that you know guys will as as NHL players have used this term, they'll skate around like they're ten feet tall if you don't have somebody keeping them honest and, and that's just what it is. It's not the dirty stuff, the, the knucklehead stuff, yeah. the Archer Kayumov stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's physical hockey and it's make, it's keeping guys honest and making them keep their heads up and their heads on a swivel. 
and making them think twice. I mean, and we've seen other teams do it to Hawk players too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I do have to give you credit. Uh, I, you know, that, that term you always use about, you know, college kids running around with the cages on and stuff. Yeah. And I actually, I don't remember which podcast, but I was listening to some hockey podcast where I heard like, you know, I heard another hockey guy talking about that, how sometimes right. the impression, you know, scouts get these impression that, that college kids, you know, can be a little soft coming out of college because they're wearing cages yep. all the time. So, yep. hey, you know what? There you go. Shout out to you, my friend. Well, you thank you. you I mean, you when you watch college games and you see the way guys go into the high traffic areas pretty fearlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I think it's because of the fact that they're, they're, they're less likely to get their brains rattled because of the full cage. Um, I, I also don't think that they hit quite as much in college as they do, um, in, in, for example, the AHL or perhaps even some, some levels of junior. Um, yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong about that too, but I think the full cage makes a big difference. Yeah. So moving on just a little bit more, um, here, here we are with the Blackhawks. They're 31st. Last overall, um, they're nine, eighteen, and five. Uh, twenty-three points. They haven't gotten any points since our last podcast. <laughs> they had twenty-three points then as well. Um, their goal differential is negative thirty-four. They're right in the middle of the pack with faceoffs. Their penalty kill is thirtieth. Their power play thirty-first by over two points. Still, they were over two, you know, two percentage points uh, at the bottom. Uh, two weeks ago when we did the last podcast, and now they still are. They haven't moved any. Uh, goals for, they're 22nd. Goals against, they're 30th. And uh, shots against a game, uh, they're 26th. And their possession numbers are kind of right in the middle of the pack. Uh, you know, Corsi Fenwick, they're kind of right like right in the middle, right even, which, you know, that's not the end of the world, uh, being even. Uh, high danger save percentage dropped five spots. They were in the top five. Now they have dropped to 10th. Uh, and then for save percentage, uh, five-on-five save percentage, uh, they're at a 908 as a team. So that's going down steadily. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're not a good team. <laughs> I, you know, I always give a little shout-out to Sean and Maya in the morning. Uh, they, they asked me to come on and talk about Blackhawks for a half hour this morning, and this is, these are some, some things that I kind of brought up this morning. But, I mean, they're just not a good team. Uh, that a lot of holes on the back end. They're having problems scoring on the power play. The power play. I don't, I don't. I don't know why they can't just you know make a couple of tweaks enough to you know open up some lanes and get some pressure. They had a little bit of pressure last game, and I think they were moving. They, it looked like they were actually moving the puck a little bit quicker. Yeah, but um, it still didn't help them. They were what one for six or seven on the power play. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on, man. You, you got to do better than that. You really have to do that. Man, come on. So, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a long year. There's no there's no single move that's going to make this team a playoff team. No. You know, it's funny because uh, Edzo was talking on the broadcast last night about, you know, the answer is, is potentially sitting some guys down, um, you know, for a lack of effort. You know, yeah, that works to a certain extent, especially if the if the roster is underperforming. But you know, evidence suggests now under two coaches, it, it may not be the roster is underperforming. It may just be that this is what you're going to get out of this roster. Um, 
And, um, you know, I, I will say, too, if, if Collins starts sitting veteran players, um, especially the higher paid veteran players, those guys are going to start asking. They're going to start clamoring to get out um, because I think this is probably hard enough for those guys. And then when, you know, the, he starts trying to make examples out of them, a couple of whom are older than he is. Um, yeah. I, I just I think that's going to be, um, you know, the beginning of the end of this of what's left of this core, I guess. Um I just don't know how much that's that's really an answer. I mean, in theory, yes. You, you, in, in any in any pursuit, be it business or sports, if people aren't performing, if they aren't giving you effort, you sit them down. Um, you know. But the the thing is, is they don't necessarily have better options. Ooh, that was that was almost a goal. <laughs> yep, um, there you go. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, um, there there were a couple things that I was you know I was talking about that I, I was saying that you know just I've I've been a proponent all along and and we get we definitely get uh you know people coming back at us when we say you know just be transparent just you know be honest with your fans you know what they'll 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 accept a rebuild and we always get the well what else are they supposed to say they got to sell tickets I'm like you know. It, they're not they wouldn't be the first organization in professional sports to say hey we're tearing it down for a season it, it's going to be painful but wait until we come out of the other end of the tunnel you know the cubs did it mcdonough's old organization did it white you know? Sox are doing it white Sox are the doing bears it did it yeah i i brought up uh, uh the bears had done it and that's just here in chicago i mean the, the bulls have been try- attempting to do that by tearing it down a couple times uh the astros did it for like five seasons uh the you know every it it almost seems like you know the Toronto the Maple Leafs they all have done it and Buffalo did it like uh it, it's not that difficult of a situation like be honest with people and they'll have fun with it and they won't take it so seriously you know maybe they'll lay off on you a little bit if you say you know hey this is what we're trying to do but there's a goal at the end of the tunnel you know yeah. It, yeah. It, fans get mad when you go when they pay good money good hard money for a game. And they're told this team is, you know, going to, you know, compete or whatever, or they're going to make the playoffs or whatever charade they're feeding the fans at that point in time. And then they get mad because they show up in these and the team sucks. Well, you know what? If you're honest with the people and say, hey, you know what? You might suck. Maybe they're going to have a little bit of a sense of humor. got a goal. Yeah, I just saw. Dahlstrom, no way. (laughs) Kruger, uh, Kruger bang went off the crossbar, popped out and, uh, Somebody, I think somebody kicked it back to Dahlstrom, but he he got one. Wow, good. So for they're him. up one nothing. Good for him. I like Dahlstrom. I want to see him do well. Yeah, I like that guy. He he fought back from from oh from not you know having a job anywhere to now playing with the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really nice. Yeah, that was a nice play. So anyway, back to what we were saying before. Um, <laughs> you know. <sighs> Also, you wrote a piece today. Why don't you? Why don't you give us the gist, kind of what you were talking about in that piece today? Um, I, I, I think I don't know what it was. I think it may have been in the last game or two. I, my, you know, feelings have really kind of galvanized that they got they got to just blow this whole thing up and start over. Um, you know, I could go back through the whole blog and and the history of the John McDonough Stan Bowman era, but the fact is. Um, uh, the, the recent track record, um, of really bad decisions by this front office, um, it, it has contributed in large part to where this team is. Um, yeah, you can blame some of it on the salary cap, but the truth of the matter is, is that 
Bowman's reputation as a good drafter is a joke. It's it's yeah. just not true. Yeah, I proved um, that. I had uh, that two part series or three part series that I did. You know, yeah. that, yeah. that that just proved that like c- compared to everyone in the division, he was just not even, just average, just in the middle. So anyway, yeah, yeah. And he has not drafted an elite player in ten years. And you could point to draft position, but you know what? In ten years of drafting in the NHL. It almost doesn't matter what your draft position is. You ought to be able to find one elite player, and he has it. And please don't tell me it's to bring it. He's a good player, but he's not an elite hockey player in the NHL. I, I would um, I would almost say that Saad is the closest. Yeah, but he's yeah, and I agree, and I love Brandon Saad. And I like to bring it too, but but Saad's not an elite player either. He's a complimentary player as well. And um, you know, so so he's not been a good drafter. He made, you know, our friend Bob Rose reminded me today of another trade that he made that I didn't mention in the blog, which which was the acquisition of Johnny Oduya in 2013. That was a nice trade. Get Michael Hanzus that year, um, getting Antoine Vermette in 2015, and those help those deals helped those teams win cups. Don't get me wrong, but the core that he inherited in 2009, um, you don't win cups without that core. Period. So well, and they're what, still there. He, 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 Pardon me? Most of that, or a lot of that core, a couple of those core, I should say, are still there. Yeah, but they're a lot older now. Well, they don't yeah, have, the, yeah, they're yeah. just not surrounded by as much talent. Right, right. No, no, I'm just right. saying, is so, you know, they were they were drafted before, you know, Bowman came, and they're still here. Like, yeah, yeah they're that good. They were that good. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, and, and Patrick I mean. Kane still is a great player. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taves is still a very good player. I mean, so the point is, is that, the, the the whole episode of the firing of Joel Quinville to me and, and the record of the team since just, and what the things that were said, you know, they said that they felt like the team could perform better with a new coach. And what do they do? They go and they get a guy with one year North American coaching experience who, you know, obviously tickled somebody's fancy within the organization, probably McDonough, probably Bowman, and they put him in a in a position where really he was set up to fail. Yeah, um, for he's sure. coming in there replacing a legend. He's got one year coaching experience. He's younger than a couple of the players he's coaching, who both of whom have won multiple Stanley Cups. Um, and the results speak for themselves. And I, I don't think it's necessarily Colton's fault, but they they brought this guy in to coach who had a track record of doing well with twenty and twenty one year olds in the minors not 30, 33, 35-year-olds who've won multiple Stanley Cups. And it just was very misguided. It um, smacks of John McDonough meddling and managing way too far down. Um, if If they wanted to bring in a coach for this roster, they should have brought in a coach with legitimate NHL head coaching experience who the veterans were going to listen to. I'm not saying that they've tuned Colin out or they don't like him. I just, I, what I see is a lot of guys going through the motions now yeah, on this team. And I, I think it's really hard to, to argue with that. And yeah. what it comes down to is, is okay, fine. If you want to rebuild and if you want to go really young and, and Carlton's your guy for that, cause he's good with young players. I'm not disputing that, but they're not doing that either. And then they've got the ticket reps walking around talking about how this is still a playoff team, which is absolutely insulting to whoever they say that to. Yeah. It I is. mean, if your ticket rep says that to you, slap them. Cause that's BS. Yeah, cancel your tickets right away. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what it comes down to, what it comes down to is, is this, this front office and I hear it from other people around the league feel that this front office is not equipped to, to rebuild this team. 
Um, and it, it's, it's just, it's, it's painfully apparent. I mean, they just, they seem paralyzed. They're in love with their own prospects. Now I will, I will grant, I, I think that the Schmaltz trade was probably a good move. Um, I, do. I, showed, I think so too. Pardon me? I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Strom has showed some promise. So that's a good thing. And that was necessary to do. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're completely worthless and incompetent, but I just, I also think that it's almost too little too late. It's not enough. They, they have got to basically either get real serious about improving what they have, or they've, they've got to start over because most of the, most of the key players are really old. Well, and, relatively. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, you know, not, not relative to us, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In terms of NHL, thirty years I old. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. get and the I canes just, out. I just think, go ahead. Yeah, I, no, I know. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, and so I, I my my opinion is, I, I mean, I'm I'm just of a mind that, I'm, especially after watching the last couple of games, um, that uh, they they really got to basically clean house. Um, the, this front office has too many sacred cows. It's 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 too congested. There's too many functionaries and and demi functionaries and Ooh, those are big words yeah well yeah, <laughs> words um words are better than math for me so um the bottom line so that's that's just it i, I just th- i think they've got to do it because i don't think that these guys at this point can get out of their own way and uh you know maybe maybe i'm wrong um but i just don't have a lot of confidence that these guys are going to turn this thing around in two or three years and be able to go out and get the, the you know the really good young players that it takes to, to get back to prominence. Instead, they're sitting there trying to convince themselves that Eric Gustafson's a good player. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it it's not you know it, it's not a big secret that this this organization has been very tone deaf on, yeah. on many things, and this is another situation where I think they are where they could you know they could get a pass from the you know fan base that says you know, you guys, you know, you guys won three cups. We had a lot of fun. We understand that you would now have to go through this for a year or two. And I think, a, you know, a good solid portion of the fan base, you know, you're not going to get the, you know, the, the people who just watch hockey when they're winning, but you know, a good solid portion of the fan base would accept that and be like, Hey, we'll still come out and support you. You know, well, you know what I speaking for myself and others like me, and I think you're in this group too, who followed this team through the really bad years. And yeah. I mean, not just bad years, bad decades. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're as grateful as anybody for what happened with this team over the last 10 years because we were the ones who were sitting around waiting for it. You know, all right. that said, if they came to us and said, you know what, we don't want to go through uh, two to nothing. Who's that? Seabrook, bomb from the point. Nice. <laughs> um, go. Good for him. Yeah. Um, they're, they're calling some guy named D. Smith. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, what do, what do you have to say about that, Steve Conroy? We need some kind of energy, whether it's a shit, a shift, a good shift, we a got, shot. We got some shit. We got two <laughs> shits, Steve. So, um, what was I saying? No, I've lost my <laughs> Sorry, I, I screwed you. Oh, up. no, no, no. I mean, if, if, they, if and it's about what you talked about, about honesty, and that's how I ended the blog oh, yeah. today. Yeah. If, if they would come, come out and say, look, we're gonna we're gonna tear this thing down and rebuild it. Come back strong in two to three years. Bear with us. It's gonna be exciting. We got the, we got the right coach for that, um, but we need we need to really rework this the talent level in our organization. It's gonna mean some sacrifices. It's gonna mean some unpopular moves, but just just watch. It's gonna be great. Guys like us, the longtime fans, we know that is so much more preferable to the crap we went through for twenty years with with this team. And the Doug Gilmore patches 
and Michael Grosuck and, and all that crap. Peter Bondra. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, Boris Mironov, right? Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. it was just, it was all, it was one thing after another. And, and um, I think that that would be um, really exciting to people again, but it means biting the bullet. It's going to cost a lot of money. Um, but the, the other side of it is, is that the wheels have come off of this thing so fast and much faster than they anticipated that, uh, oh man, Pittsburgh almost got a goal there. Yeah, I saw uh, that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the wheels came off, yeah. Yeah, the wheels have come off so fast that, I mean, I think that the dollars on the back, on the other end, um, they they may not be able to afford to keep this going. And there, boom, goes the dynamite. Yeah. There's the goal. I think it was Latang. I'm not sure. No, Rust. Yeah. So there you go. It's two you just hear, you, yeah, that sound you heard was all the air being sucked out of the United Center. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's a new day and age. They they are tone deaf if they don't understand that, that that's what they could they could pull that off and come out the other end smelling like a rose. Kind of a lot what what, what Toronto did. I mean, if Toronto can do that, that is the biggest hockey city. Yeah, you know, in the NHL, just hockey wise, not biggest city, you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, size wise, but as far as, you know, hockey fandom goes, Toronto is it. And if Toronto could accept it and they could come out the other end looking pretty well, like they have, I, I, there's no reason the Blackhawks can't do it. And, you know, and the Rangers I, I, are doing it too. Today that St. Louis is open for business. They've got everybody in the block, including Tarasenko. They should. I mean, that uh, the Blackhawks should say that. Yeah. Right. You no, know, we can't do that because if we trade Kaner, we won't score any goals. If we wait, trade wait. Crow, we won't stop any goals. But guys, the problem is, it doesn't matter. They're, they still stink. You can't trade a caner guy. I'm out of here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing that, that people are still in locked in that you know the tyranny of hope. They're still locked in that mindset that that somehow so, something's going to happen to turn this thing around and the party's going to be back on and get, and they don't understand the party as we know it is over. That's what, it's, uh, it's time for a new party. That was one of the questions I got asked today. Is the window closed? And I said, yes. Short answer. Yes. It is. Oh, it's, it's been. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 that, that answer has been there for a year. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I said. And uh, yeah, we talked about that as well. So anyway, uh, we kind of talked about the Strom Schmaltz trade. Uh, it's it, so far. It's, been all right i mean you know strong's been pretty good he's been that big body he's won face-offs he's done sort of what they probably brought him in for and the, uh, the thing i like about strom is he's he's willing to go into high traffic areas with the puck and he's gotten rewarded for it and um i don't care if nick schmaltz is averaging a point again in a game in arizona i just feel like my my sense of that is it's a lot like um what's his name um the, the kid we had last year is in Columbus now. Um, uh, Duclair, Duclair, out. Anthony Duclair. Duclair. Everywhere he goes, he's a revelation for the first month. And then they figure, you know, he shows his true colors and they figure him out and he's gone. He's gone within the next year. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with Schmaltz in Arizona right now. Um, and, you know, who knows? I mean, the light may come on for him down there, but the Hawks made – a decision based upon their feeling. I think that the light was not going to come on for them the way they wanted it to. And uh, well, we'll see. You can't judge these trades, you know, two, three, four weeks out. You got to really look a couple right. years out. But right. so far, so good with uh, with Strom. He looks like, and he's not, you know, he's not physically mature yet either. That's the other thing. Yeah, um, but he's a he's a big dude, though. 
He is yeah. like six foot two, 190 yep. pounds or something like that. That's pretty yep. big for NHL standards. And he's not, he's not going to, you know, make you forget Pavel Bure with his speed, but he's, uh, he's pretty nifty with the puck on his blade. And uh, he's certainly, he's, he's, in my opinion, he's a lot more willing than Schmaltz to go into the areas where the goals are. And, um, um, you know, he wins more faceoffs too. So I, as long as as long as he keeps it up and and he he keeps you know maturing and growing, I, I think that'll be a nice move. Yeah, and they and you know they they needed Nick Schmaltz at centers where they needed him, and he couldn't yeah. he couldn't do it, and right. so they didn't need Nick Schmaltz at wing where they really didn't. So right. you know, moving him out and whatever they're going to accept in in Arizona is you know is what it is. But here in Chicago, you can't accept Nick Schmaltz who can't win a faceoff who can't really play defense in his own zone even though he you know i think i swear to god i think that uh the organization threw out that thing that you know uh, nick schmaltz is the best pickpocket in the league that horse shit that they were peddling for a while because he, he you know he, he stole the puck uh, away from a couple of guys for two games in he, a row was, or something. he was an effective back checker and he was clever about it and I, I will i'll give him that but you need you really need more from a guy who's who's you know, ostensibly was going to ask for $6 million a year on his next contract. Yeah. You know, and um, the thing with, with Schmaltz that I noticed, you know, last year, especially late in the year, those games against St. Louis, which were really pride games and just how marginalized he was in those games when St. Louis's big defensemen were targeting him and they, and they were, they would just, they, they would hit him a couple of times, plaster him against the boards and he would disappear. Yeah. And that's when I said to myself, I don't know if this kid's ever going to be much in the league because playing center in the National Hockey League, you have got to be willing to absorb contact to to get opportunities. You do. Right. And if you can't learn how to do that from Jonathan Taves or Patrick right. Kane, like, who can you learn that from? Because you're not, I mean, there's no one in Arizona that's going to teach you that. That's for sure. Uh, all right. <laughs> this is the bitch cast. Oh man! So, um, one and two to one. So that's yeah. great after the first period. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, there's there's been some uh, some trade stuff that's been kind of floated out there now lately. Uh, one was kind of the uh, I guess Anissa Moff's name has kind of been floated around a little bit. But now he's out with concussion, so I don't you know that that's going to put him in the, on the shelf for a little while. Um, you know, then of course the things that we've we've been saying all along, Duncan Keith. Corey Crawford now today people talking about how oh, possibly you know the Kings could give up quick and the Blackhawks could give up Corey Crawford I said this three weeks ago yeah you know the Corey Crawford and in in today and Elliot Friedens today in his 31 thoughts he said oh a good place for uh Corey Crawford might be Philadelphia well no shit I said it three weeks ago yeah like and again yeah. I think that that all depends on how the coaching situation, you know, and the GM situation plays out. Um they have a GM now, right? Yeah, Fletcher. Fletcher Cliff Fletcher. So I mean it depends. It depends on on, you know, who's out there that's available that that Fletcher feels like could could be the answer for them. I, you know, here's the question I want to ask you about Crawford. I mean, I think we we've both applauded him um for coming back and coming back in the circumstances he did, but I I I don't know if we're seeing the Crawford of old. I don't. I don't know his his numbers, albeit against a terrible defense. His numbers are not good, um, you know. And I actually thought Ward looked. I'm not saying I'm not saying Ward should take over or be number one, but I'm just wondering in terms of seeing Ward fresh, how well he played at times last night. Ah, uh, boy, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. 
and again, uh, professional scouts will look at Crawford and make an assessment on him that I can't make. Um, and they may say, you know, yeah, he's, he's right. He's a hundred percent. It's just, this is a terrible team. Um, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering, especially in light of the concussion history, if some teams are going to shy away or not be willing to, to pay big. The other problem is if Bowman puts him out there, um, it depends on how many teams are interested. And if Bowman's just trying to move him, no matter what, I'm, I think teams are going to smell blood in the water and, and play hardball with him and not give him very much. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're going to see. Hopefully we're going to see, but because um, <clears throat> like I said last time, uh, I'm all for chaos. I'm for team chaos right now. I, I blow it up, make something happen, yeah. make some fireworks, I, make me, you know, light that fire inside of me that, you know, something, do something that's going to, you know, like when Hosa was signed, like, you know, when they yeah. made some kind of big, that's splash. what they need to do. Yeah. They, they, they need to make some big hockey moves that get people excited again. And even, you know, I think, you know, even next year, if next year they're a, you know, basically a slightly under 500 team, but there's some exciting young players involved, um, you know, a sense that the organization is, is just cutting the crap and, and getting serious about rebuilding. I think the fans are going to buy in. Yeah. Um, you know, it was interesting. There was a trade scenario on Twitter yesterday. We talked about it in one of our chats I believe it was the Hockey News put it out. Patrick Kane going to Buffalo for about half of Western New York. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, that. And I thought it was a little bit extravagant. It was like, it was a crazy, it was like, it was Sam Reinhardt, three number ones, um, a defenseman named Olofsson, and then another forward, like a third or fourth line forward. And it was just like, to me, that's that's a really high price. I mean, um, but I could see, for example, from a Buffalo, I could see Kane fetching, say, Reinhardt and maybe a prospect and, and a couple of firsts. I could see that. Yeah. And, you know, higher firsts. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if you're Stan Ballman, you got to listen on that because um, Kane's value is probably never going to be higher than it is right now. Um, and I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if Kane didn't want out of this situation. Well, that was kind of what and, and you were talking about the Crawford thing. uh kind of what I was uh, saying a little earlier today was that uh, it looks like he's kind of tuned out. Like, yeah, he, you know, that one goal goes in early in the game and like, you just see his eyes roll back in his head. Like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Here it is. Here it comes. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, that's his body language on that. And, and I've been there before and I've never played hockey at a pro level, but I've played hockey, you know, a lot. And I know that feeling of being with the, you know, being on that team, and yeah. you know that that it's just going to be a dumpster fire in uh, less than a minute. Like, and uh, you give up a goal, and your eyes, my eyes just roll back in my head. I'm like, oh, here we go. And, yeah. and then it is a dumpster fire. And then you're you're getting angry about it. You're getting mad at yourself, and you're get, you know for letting the goal in. You're getting mad at the team because they're not helping you out. And it's yeah, you know, it just snowballs. And then if, if you say that people go out there, and go, oh, they're pros. That doesn't affect them. That's bunch of crap they're human beings man that's the you know, through and your head. quite honestly a lot of these guys are are not necessarily the most emotionally mature people in the world at their age either i mean a lot of these guys have been kind of pampered and and brought along in their lives and and uh um you know you you hear this stuff all the time about you know i want to go to the x city to play with x buddy and and um you know, they'll get into pouts and sulks and, and they'll alienate the coach, et cetera. And then that's not, that's not common, but it does happen. And, um, I think, but I also think that 
you know, these guys, especially these core players like Keith and Crawford and, and Kane, um, these are very competitive guys and they're guys who are used to winning. And if, if an opportunity came along to go and join a team um, that has a chance of winning a Stanley Cup, um, Crawford has a limited no trade clause. So that's quite doable. Um, Kane and Keith have no movement clauses, but they can be waived. And yeah. you would have to wonder if those guys would waive um, to, uh, you know, to have the opportunity to go and win another cup. And um, then it comes down to, I think, you know, how committed they really are to the city of Chicago long term. Um, and it's not it's not about to betraying the fans or the city. You know, at that point, it's a business decision and it's about the end of their hockey careers and what they want to get out of it. And uh, their tolerance for, you know, what is a at best a conflicted and not really pleasant situation with the Blackhawks right now. Yeah. Uh, the, the no movement thing. I mean, people are making a lot of that, but all that does is give that player that control. Right. Yeah. And, all it does. And, 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 and I kind of, I, I kind of laid it out like this. You're Duncan Keith. You're 35, 36 years old, right? This, this Blackhawks team isn't going to be worth anything for at least the next probably three to four years you know, a serious contender, your contract's almost going to be over by then. You're going to be, you know, 40 by then. Would, would you waive your no movement clause to go to some team that maybe might not be elite, but might be that next tier down. You go in there, you play middle pair, you go in there, you help, help them to a, you know, a deep playoff run. Like a Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Or uh, something like that. Like that, that seems inviting. You know, like a Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, you know, a, a team that, where one of those guys, their experience could be the difference in getting them out of the first round and into the finals. You know, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and same with Crawford, like, you know, Corey, do you want to, for, for the last year and a half of your deal, do you want to stay in Chicago and get your ass beat every night? Or do you want to give us a team, you know, give us a list that has this particular team on it that may want to pay, a, you know, may want to pay for you to come in here and maybe, you know, play net for him and take him, you know, deep in the playoffs, you know, I mean, it, it, when you, when you frame it like that, in like reality, it, it makes sense oh, yeah. why they would do it. You know, I, yeah. I don't see guys saying, I don't see a whole lot of guys saying, no, I'm not going to waive my no trade because I'm going to stay here and lose with this team. Right. If it's best for and, the team, most players will do it. Yeah. So, and for them too. Yeah. So, but anyway, you know, but the, the other side of it is, 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 you know, that the Hawks have to get good return on these guys. This, this is the, you know, and, and I remember when Dale Talon made, I think it was the 2000, uh, I forget what season it was. Um, but Dale Talon traded Alex Jamnoff and a few other guys one year and he stocked up quite a few picks. Um, a lot of second rounders and and I think late first rounders and those were picks that that he turned around and and turned into um, you know Dave Boland was one of those picks as I recall um, so um, point being I think Brian Bickle was one of those picks too that came out of those trades and you know that's your opportunity and I remember that that year the Hawks really tanked they they tanked they sold they they traded off all of their quote unquote stars and um, they stocked up some picks and you know. I'm not saying it was the sole contributing factor, but it was one of the contributing factors to their rebound. Um, and um, 
that's what they would have to do with these trades. You don't trade Crawford just for the sake of trading them. You trade him so you can get a, a substantial return that you can build with. Right, for sure. Yeah, because same with Kane. Yeah, because otherwise it's not going to hurt you if he still sticks around. But right, he doesn't have a the Crawford's contract is fine for for yeah. what he is. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. So is Keith. And, go ahead. So is Keith. So is Duncan Keith. Yeah. I mean, neither one of those contracts hurt. It's, yep. you know, it's Seabrook. And uh, did you see that today? Uh, someone on the hockey writers floating that thing about how uh, you know, something about amnesty buyouts or something in the next CBA. And I'm like, oh, duh. Hello, Brent Seabrook. Yeah, you've been saying that for a year and a half. <laughs> I've been saying it for three years. I mean, before he even before his even contract even kicked in, I've been saying like Brent Seabrook compliance buyout 2020, yeah. you know, 2020. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably how that'll get resolved. And yeah. that's fine. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to trade him. I, yeah. I I just don't see anybody taking him at that, at, with that contract. No, no, no. The Blackhawks. And then uh, there was someone else floating something about, you know, oh, maybe Seabrook's a buyout candidate. They'd be paying his salary for the next 10 years. Like Bobby Benilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Wirtz is not going to pay Brent Seabrook $3 million a year to not play for the Blackhawks for the next 10 years. Yeah. You know, and at least not on the cap. You know, he might no. he, he might bring uh, Brent Seabrook back to the organization to coach or do something, whatever. But um, he's not going to, you know, Brent Seabrook's not sitting at home collecting $3 million for the next decade from the Chicago Blackhawks. No. <laughs> In fact, he's going to be collecting like $6.7 for almost the next decade. Yeah, the Chicago you know, I got into a discussion with somebody and they're like, you know, well, I, they can't trade Keith or Seabrook. I, I was like, why not? And they're like, well, because, you know, they're they're really hawks for life. I said, you know what? I know for a fact that they have tried on a couple of occasions to trade Seabrook in the last couple of years. They have. <laughs> and it's it's not because they're not loyal and it's not because but it's, it's simply it's a business decision. They made a mistake with that contract and they got to do something to fix it because it's a crippling contract. And um uh, you know, it, it, but it, again, it's a question of whether they can. Would they? Absolutely. Can yeah. they? Different story. Probably going to be a compliance buyout, and uh, that'll take care of that. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, uh, all right. Well, I think we should maybe get in some questions here. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get in here. Um, first of all, our boy Johnny Utah, our Timmy Panera's biggest fan. Uh, at this point, it's safe to say that I'm rooting for Hughes to become a Blackhawk. I know you're supposed to root for your team. You're not supposed to root for your team to lose. Management said if this team wasn't a contender by December, the big changes were coming. Question is, where do you start? I would like to have seen Strom and Perlini make major strides this season uh, and maybe call up some younger defensive players. Hopefully, management can figure out how we move some of these bad contracts without sacrificing the future or retaining salary. So a lot of that we just addressed basically. Um, I mean, where do you start? I think we said it all along, you know, you're not going to want to move like just moving small pieces. Doesn't do anything. No, like, like the, like the, the schmaltz for Strom. I mean, it's not really it. I think generally overall, it's going to be pretty even. I think it's going to end out even roughly. Yeah. I just, I, I, I think I think Strom so far has shown that he can be 
an important. I mean, I think if he ends up being a second line center for this team and an effective second line center, that's a that's a that's a really nice move because that's an important part of a good team. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, you know, if 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 Arizona needed a more perimeter setup guy, fine. If that's what they needed and it works out there, I think it'll you know overall, each team's going to get something they needed, and I think it's going to kind of even itself out. So, but my my the moral of this story is. Uh, it's not going to make a difference that trade. You, you, it's it's, it's going to make very little uh, difference on the Richter scale of what what's going to happen with this team. You need to shake it up. We right. need chaos. We need team chaos. We got to everyone's got to you know root for team chaos. Make something happen. Gets you know do that Keith trade. Do that uh, Crawford you know, trade. Do if, something. If, if they could get if they could go if they could grab Jack Hughes for example in the mm-hmm. draft and make a big free agent move this this summer um and you know maybe it's not our Panarin. maybe through a couple of trades at the trade deadline they could pick up a, a, a just a a stud young defenseman um you know like a josh manson or somebody like that um you know just and, and through the a series of moves like that over the next couple of years really re quickly remake the composition of the team um that could be that could be pretty exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, the only thing, my only concern about Hughes is he, he's yet another guy who's like five foot seven, one hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's but he's incredibly gifted. I mean, he's almost it's almost like if you traded Kane and you got Hughes, it's like you've just replaced Kane. Yeah. Because they're similar, they're very similar types of players, and great, that would be fantastic. But they need more than that. I mean, they 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 need size. Yeah. They need size and speed together. Um, you know, I mean, Winnipeg, I mean, up and down the ice, they just have big, fast, good players. Um, they're scary. Yeah. And, 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 uh, the, the draft boards, I've been kind of skimming the draft boards and I looked at that. What's his name? Capo Caco. I think that's his name. He's kind of compare. And I just saw today some stats where he's, his stats where he's at right now are comparable with the way, uh, Patrick Lyonet was his last year, his draft year. Yeah. So and he's a bigger, he's a wing, bigger wing. I think he's like six two, but I don't, I don't think he weighs that much. I think he's still gonna need to grow into that body. But he's a big finish wing, just like Patrick Line. Like, okay, maybe that's your next, you know, Marion Hosa. You know. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> great. That would be wonderful. Something yeah, like that. That'd be a, that would be a nice. That would be a really nice pickup for for a team for this team. Yeah. It really would be. So. Uh, that that's all good stuff. That's to look forward to, man. It's stuff we should root for. It's stuff you know we we should be interested in seeing how this is built, like seeing what's going on, and uh, you know how they're yeah. making these moves. Like that's hope. That gives you hope. When you're not yeah. moving anything, you're not doing anything. You're losing the same way every night. There's no hope. There's no right. hope in any of that. You know, you keep doing the same thing over and over. And they they say they always say that's the definition of insanity, right? Right, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I mean, that's well. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there is hope, but it's it's the false hope of people who keep buying the the organization's BS. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But for you know more more experienced, more aware hockey fans who who you know have a knowledge of the league beyond just the Blackhawks and who followed the hockey for several years. it's real hard to get excited about this because, you know, we've, and if you look at the arc of the team, the last few years, it's, it, this has been coming. 
this 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 fall off this year and last year this has been coming i mean it's 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 it was hidden for a couple of years mostly because Corey crawford was playing out of his mind yeah between Corey you crawford know? and being playing out of his mind and i think joe quenville had something to do with that sure hiding their you know like putting uh alex to on that third line last year like kind yeah. of hiding him in there like moves yeah. like that that you might not see from a Jeremy Calton because he's you know he doesn't have that experience just yet. But Joel Quenville did. I think he did a lot of that. I think yeah. he was hiding people, hiding defensemen that were bad, and just you know at a certain point in time, you can't hide everything. Right, and that's where we're point, at. At some point, you you're just you don't have any you don't have any you're not you don't have the <laughs> enough enough things to hide with. Right. To yeah. hide all the bad crap you got. Right. You only have one Duncan Keith. You can't hide five right. people behind, you know, one Duncan right. Keith. Like they did in 2015 in the playoffs when they only had really three good defensemen. And right. he willed that team, to, you know, through the playoffs to the cup. Uh, I, w- I was mentioning this to someone earlier where I said that, you know, I, I think Joe Quenville should have got the Conn Smythe because the way, you know, bringing that team that was not all that great, I mean, they were. They just got hot at the right time, and Joel Quenville pushed all the right buttons, and uh, and everything, you know, all the planets aligned. And I, 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 I truly think that that was Joel Quenville's masterpiece right there. That uh, yeah, I thought I, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a really, it was a good team. It was a deep team, and they were really fast. Um, I thought Vermette was the perfect pickup, you know, going into the playoffs um, that year. Even though Quenville and, didn't uh, want to play him. <laughs> but Keith played out of his mind. I mean, I mean the fact that the third pair was David Runblad and and Kyle Kaminsky. I mean, come on, you know. And and uh, um, the, he was just out of Keith was out of his mind. And and Jalmerson and, and Oduya were fantastic. They were studs, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, right. So I mean, the, the, we know where we start here. Then you try to go to the draft, try to get a high draft pick. Maybe if you can, you can trade and get another. Or, you know do a, a double first round thing again this year with a couple of, you know, good forwards. Uh, I think that's the way you go. Uh, and just keep developing the youngsters. Don't force them into a bad situation. There's no reason to rush them anywhere. Like just let them do their thing. And, yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I mean, th- that's the other, you know, bit of PR that's been floating around is about all the great young defensemen the Hawks have in the pipeline they're all left side guys. They're all small, and a couple of them have concussion histories. And you just you can't have an entire blue line full of those guys. You can't um, have an entire blue line full of rookies. Right. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Which is you know, one guy who's playing in his second year and four rookies. Like, right. That's right. not going to happen. And Yoki Haru, as good as he's been, um, he he had a rough game last night. <laughs> Um, he got ragdolled quite a bit and he got rattled and he made some bad plays and, uh, that you're going to have that, that's going to happen. Um, and you know, he's fine, but they need that Adam Larson, Josh Manson, uh, Mikhail Sergachev type of big stud defenseman, at least one of them, if not two of them. And I, I, I feel like a broken record. I say this in every, every ring cast, you go out and get a guy like that and, you know, factor that in with now with Bulkvist. And then you you know you you get uh, a stud winger in the draft like uh, like Kako is it Kako or Capo? It's Capo Kako, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, Kako, whatever. I know. You get, you I get said crapple for capo. Like um, <laughs> I said, I said crapple. Now, now you, yeah. you can start getting excited because you're you're filling some holes and you're filling some holes not with you know the five nine hundred seventy pound second round pick that might be a bit overhyped, but you're but a guy who's a legitimate two way NHL hockey player who could play the game in all situations and make a difference. Now, now you got something you can get start getting excited about. Yeah, yeah. Instead of this PR crap that they've been feeding us. Yeah. They, oh, they think they think the fans are stupid, and the funniest part is the fans are stupid because they buy so, it. Yeah. A lot of them are because they buy it. They buy this BS, yep. this this hope and dreams and bunch of crap. You know that yep. Dylan Secure is your uh, your uh, <clears throat> trade deadline acquisition. Remember yeah, that, that was last, the year? last year? Yeah. Yeah, how, how how did that work out? <laughs> Not real well. Uh, Dan Metch on Facebook. How does the losing streak change the hashtag stand plan? Rebuilding is great, but this but being this bad won't fill the seats. Does Stan look at some more NHL ready assets in return for a core piece? Blah blah blah. Well, first, I want to I want to congratulate Dan for being a member of the Wirtz family and, and in Rocky's will. <laughs> um, Dan, who cares if they fill seats? Who cares? I mean, I, I've been hearing this argument from people. Well, if you can't spend Rocky's money that way. It's like, what? Is it your money? Don't worry about it. I mean, it, the the bottom line is, is, yeah, you're probably not going to have sellouts every night during during a, a real rebuild. Good. Good. They they need to suck for a couple of years and really get high draft picks in to get those elite players that they need. Um, that's fans have got to get out of this mindset of make the playoffs, make the playoffs. Why to get swept? It's I don't get it. It's it's like I don't want I don't want to be the Detroit Red Wings of the last five years. Yeah, you there's, know? there's so many misconceptions going around with stuff like that. You know. Uh, no movement clauses and those conceptions, or, you know. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, Dan's point may have been to be fair, his point may have been that, you know, the, the, the money and the revenue is important and the empty seats is going to be a problem for Rocky and pre- prevent him from doing the rebuild two two. Yep. Rust again. Yeah. So, um, so you may be right there, but, but that's, you know, teams do this all the time. Teams teams will 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 absolutely tank and and you know go dark for a couple of years in order to really come back strong and you know that the halfway thing that they've been trying to do the last few years that's resulted in this pile of crap we're watching. Oh God, Manning and Seabrook, Seabrook yep. turned it over at the blue line. Yep. Rebound off Crawford's pad. Yep. Boom, wide open. Crawford had no chance. Yeah. No chance. I mean that was a bomb and it just hit his pads. It came right out to Rust and he parried it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm like, sometimes you got to lose money or spend money, either or, or both, to make money, right? Right. And, you know, to make money, to get this back to where it used to be and where they were just, you know, they were printing money at the United Center. Like, you're going to have to go through some tough stuff. It rarely happens where you, you don't have to go through that dark period at all. And the well, Blackhawks and, were getting you know, away with it for a while. Is, that 10 years is, I think, I think Bob Rose told me today, it tripled the equity value of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, for sure. So let's not worry about Rocky's money, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> people, people still, some people still come. It may not make as much money, but people come, you know? <clears throat> Trust me. Yeah. 
I would, you know, if it was cheap tickets and you, you still, you know, you're going to lose, but I'd still go watch the Blackhawks, you know, for an affordable hey, ticket. I White Sox history, the Vinny Boombots of the rink.com. He'll still go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Lionel Hutz of the rink.com. Mr. Hutz, do you know you're not wearing any pants? <laughs> I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah. That's why you're the judge and I'm the law talking guy. The lawyer. Right. Yeah, yeah. People will still go for sure. Anyway, uh, I think it's enough on that. Jackie Davis, here's a question: They can't uh, or won't fire Colleton. I asked that before. So what's the excuse now? Uh, the brains upstairs thought firing Q would work, and you see their record. What do you guys think the next move will be? Well, I think we kind of talked about that. You got to start uh, moving personnel on the ice. Yeah, so. I, and I my my belief is that. Um, based upon some things that I've heard um, and just the track record of the individuals involved and what I believe about their natures and motivation. If this team continues to really tank like it's tanking and the front office remains sort of paralyzed and, and um, I have a feeling that Stan Bowman will be the next body on the fire. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm not and I'm not sure that will be 100% fair either. I mean, there's a lot of people out there firebombing, firebombing, firebombing and I'm like I'm, my my thing is um I don't see how you fire him and not fire John McDonough because the two of them have been in lockstep and McDonough's thumbprint is on every decision, every major decision that's been made has been reviewed and approved by him. Yeah. How can you so how can you just blame Bowman and assume that whoever McDonough fires, who's going to be a company guy like Bowman was, because that's why he got rid of Dale Talon, um, is going to be any different. They're not. So. Nope. I agree. Uh, yeah. We so got. And we I, have to keep know, repeating ourselves because no one wants to listen. But yeah, uh, that's the that, that is the truth of the matter. It starts at the top. It's not, you know, in the middle. Just right. rearranging people in the front office isn't going to change a whole lot of now, anything. If he were to, if he were to go out and hire a legitimate NHL GM, a guy with a scouting background, which is again, I think I think what they need because they need somebody who can go out and get great players, identify them, and bring them in. Um, I, I think you know if he were to do that and say you know I'm going to let this guy do his job, well that would be great. But his track record has been he can't do that. Um, that was that was the gist of the issue between him and Dale Talon is that Talon wanted autonomy and independence, and you know the 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 contract thing, the the facts thing got all laid on Talon. I know for I I heard I won't say for a fact, but I I heard a pretty strong tip that Talon was out sick the day that happened. You know, so I mean, a lot of these truisms and beliefs that are out there are are perhaps urban legends at best, and the the reality of it is, I believe. That McDonald wanted Talon out because Talon was was too independent for his tastes. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Did, did you ever hear that? Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jeff Merrick was saying says about has to say about that whole Talon uh, uh, facts and the uh, the offers. I don't remember. Uh, basically, uh, faxing those offers is the job of the assistant GM. Right. The, the assistant GM at that time was Stan Bowman. Was Stan Bowman. Stan yeah. Bowman was the salary cap guy. Yeah. He was supposed to do it. He's the one who messed that up. And, and Dale Talon took the fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I, again, I <laughs> talk I about 10 year irrelevant jokes. I don't huh? know all that happened, but what I heard was that Talon was out sick that day 
And and I and when I went back and read Talon's statement on it, actually I did that about uh, three or four months ago um, for another project I'm working on. And it sounded to me like Talon basically took the fall for it. He stepped up and he took the fall. And from what I know of Dale Talon, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, so, I mean, again, we can relitigate that whole thing. And that's that's neither, you know, neither here nor there at this point. But I, I they, they they've got to get a guy in here or guys in here who are hockey people um, who are going to make yeah. the right decisions. And I just I feel like the next thing will be they'll blame Bowman. And then they'll they'll hire somebody or they'll they'll put, God forbid, Al McIsaac in the position. Huh. Um, and it's not going to be it's not going to change anything. They're still going to make decisions the same way. It'll just be a different guy going up to the podium. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know who they actually should look at is uh, Mark Hunter. Yeah. yeah the, you know, That's interesting. Yeah, he was the you know, he was supposed to be the the scouting guru in Toronto. And, uh, you know, he was the guy who scouted, you know, Mitch Marner and all, all these, you know, young kids that are coming up and, uh, he's supposed to be a whiz with scouting. So, and he was supposed to be next in line. He left Toronto cause he was unhappy because, you know, they, they gave the GM job to the kid and, uh, you know, he probably deserved it, but still, um, <clears throat> the guy, and then he left the organization. I, I say bring him in cause he seems to have done a pretty good job in Toronto. Yeah, there are. There are, you know, guys in the scouting profession. I mean, Jarmo Kekalainen was one of those guys, you know. He was a scout, and then he got elevated to, I believe he was assistant GM in St. Louis for a while, and, and he found some great young players, mm-hmm. um, and he's done the same thing in Columbus. And, uh, um, you know, and there, and there are a lot of guys like that out there who are just really outstanding scouts who, who know um, players, and they know young players and prospects and how to find them and how to develop them. And, um, you know, that, that's the kind of guy I think they, they need as their next GM who's really shrewd and is going to find those gems. Yeah. Because that's how this team was built. Yeah. 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, Craig Carlson. I was originally going to ask something about the Hawks and how they have a hard time with zone entries on the power play, but I changed my mind. How are the Hawks so bad? They, they're bad. They end up down two or three goals right off the bat. I don't get it. Is this talent? Is it coaching? Is it lack of willingness to change the way they play? Is it front office that management has to shift the coaches uh, in one season? Uh, what's what's the fix? I, I think we kind of went through some of that. <clears throat> well, you know, it's interesting. Just watch the game tonight and look at the players surrounding um, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Um, and then look what the Hawks have surrounding Taves and Kane. And, and I think that that's, that's where, you know, the, a part of the answer lies. Um, uh, you know, and I don't know how good Pittsburgh's going to end up being this year, but they haven't had the fallout that the Hawks had. Um, you know, and the other thing that Pittsburgh did is they, they you know, they're paying Malkin and, um, and Crosby uh, a million a year less um, a piece than they are Kane and Taves. Um, the Hawks, for some reason, felt that they had to pay Kane and Taves more than anybody. Um, and now they're paying for it. Yep. You know, and uh, because the supporting cast is is just not very good. Seabrook and, and Keith have gotten old the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, the, the cumulative effect is is a team that's just not that good. No. Yeah, I, 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 I feel bad for, for Jeremy Colleton. I really do. 
because he yeah. probably is a really good coach, but he's not getting any chance. He, he's he wasn't given a chance. Like no no preseason. Uh, you know no no. This is going to be my system. We're going to practice this for three weeks. Like he just gets thrown right in the middle of a losing streak uh, on a team that's quickly you know tuning out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what was he going to do? Tell him no. You know. It's just an unfortunate situation for him. But uh, anyway, I, 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 I was looking forward to this question because the, uh, the Twitter name throbbing for guest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but uh, anyway, how much, if any of this falls on Colleton, I think I just talked about that. I don't think a a lot of it is Colleton. I, uh... no, but the, here's, here's, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fair. I mean, he was put. I, I believe he was put in position to fail. It was. I think it was a very poor decision on the on, on the part of Hawk management to to have a 33 year old coach with one year of North American coaching experience come in and coach this group of players. Big yeah. mistake. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate too because it's it may end up being kind of a stain on his record um, if the things keep going as they have. Um, and quite honestly, it may obscure the fact that he, he may, may be great with, with younger players. And I think that's, that's what they were thinking. Um, you know, but the other side of it is, is that he hasn't exactly shown himself to be a genius either. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's probably worse than it was under Q this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Just a game, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, Aaron, <laughs> our boy Aaron, Mr. Aaron, where, where's the sound clip? Where's the sound clip at? There he is. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> can Jeremy Carlton be the long-term answer for the Blackhawks, as in can he make this team blue-collar? That's a Jeremy Carlton question again. I, I think he can be, but I think it, it – they got to give him a roster that it makes sense for him to be working with. And I, I don't think this is that roster. I don't think that, you know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'll take it a step further. I don't think old dogs can be taught new tricks by a dog who's younger than they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh God. <clears throat> uh, Johnny Utah again. Did he put in two questions? I guess. Other than praying to the hockey gods and rooting for Hughes to become a Blackhawk, where does this team even begin? Uh, I think it's the same question, isn't it? Uh, they look awful. Um, I do like what I've seen with Strom, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Mr. Bandow, how long does Stan Bowman have? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Stan Bowman fan, so if you, if you lose him, you lose him. But, uh, I, 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 again, with Team Chaos, the, uh, I, I want to see a splash. I want to see Mark Hunter. I want to see someone, like... Don't just throw Al McIsaac out there because you do that. Like that's oh, that's not God. exciting. That I, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I, basically, I'm just looking at the same. I'm looking at you know Stan Bowman a couple years older and uglier. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah, and more in the and even more under the thumb of McDonough. I mean, he's McDonough's personal hockey advisor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that would not be, I, it, which is a nice I'm term for if, Butler. <laughs> if they make a move with, with Bowman, it will be, it would be in, in April or May. Um, and, uh, but again, I, I think, I think it, 
it's not going to change anything. They need they need to make a bigger move and more of a wholesale change in the front office. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what I was hoping like a a guy with a you know strong presence like Mark Hunter because I think he's the kind of guy who would fight you know would would fight for what he wants more than just kind of like mealy mouth you know Stan Bowman was like, okay you say so. Yeah. If daddy I mean, says so. <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think also the talent experience, I mean, talent, I think probably can, it's safe, safe to assume tried to fight for some things he wanted to do. And, and, um, you know, he got on, he got on McDonough's bad side and, um, uh, I, you know, McDonough just from everything he says and everything I've heard, I mean, he's big into control and there's a huge ego there. And, uh, um, you know, it's I'm not sure that it's it's been uh, the best thing as far as running the team from, from the hockey side for the last few years. Yeah, that it, I, I'm afraid, you know, poor Jeremy Kelton's going to turn into El Poso owners and never be seen from, you know, sent back to Europe and never be heard from again. Be- become a cigarette smoking Finn. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would feel bad about that because he showed like he had a little bit of promise, but he's just put in this terrible position. Yeah, I, I hope he comes out the other end of it. I, I want to see him do well, so I, I don't I don't hate him at all. No, so so yeah, I think again, if they make a move with Bowman, it would probably be in the offseason. And quite honestly, if they decide to really blow up the whole front office and and redo the whole thing, I, I'm that I'm pretty sure that would happen in the offseason because that that's a big deal. And you know, one of the names I've heard out there is pe- people are like, well, you know, go get Steve Eiserman. I think that would be great. I, I I'm not sure how realistic that is because I, I don't know if, if Eiserman wants to come to Chicago and, and, you know, do that thing again. Um, like he did in Tampa. Um, I just, I don't know if that's, that's what he wants to do. Um, but a guy like that, a guy of that profile who, you know, commands that kind of respect around the league. And, and when he comes into, into a room and, you know, his, his knowledge of hockey people and the people he would bring in. Yeah. Sign me up. That would, that would be awesome. But who that, who that guy is and what the names are. I don't know. I think, I don't, I think Stevie, they're Wise out there. Be, Stevie Wise is going to be in Detroit. Yeah. That's just the only way that thing ends. I, I'm I'm sticking with I you know I'm I'm sticking with the uh, Crawford to Philly and I'm gonna stick with uh, Mark Hunter. That's got to be the Blackhawks guy <laughs> if they were gonna do a, a new GM thing. Uh, I think fits... there's some I think there's some other guys out there that yeah. they could that they could bring in. I mean, um, you know, uh, but it, it all again it all depends. And and I'm I, I'm of the opinion a new GM with with the rest of the management structure in place will not change a thing. No. Uh, last question. My, our boy, Billy the Terrible. Uh, can you guys answer this question? Uh, what's the percentage of teams with this kind of record who make the playoffs? Now, of course, I'm sure he doesn't want, you know, the exact stats, but it's very rare. <laughs> I will say that. Um, I, I can't remember anything like that happening unless a team went on some kind of insane winning streak in January. Um, and, and the other part was, why isn't the Blackhawks press asking the tough questions? If this is a if this is a playoff team, then reinforcing the real numbers. Um, that, well, it's interesting. I, I think it was, again, in, in Edzo's rant last night, he he highlighted something that we've talked about here is that they this this schedule remains tough for the next five to seven games as well. I mean, 
Um, there's a lot of games they could lose. And uh, um, I, I don't, I think the chances of this team making the playoffs are about 0.0. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just think it's silly to even talk about it. I mean, right. it's, it's really at this point, it's about next year and the year after. Yeah. And, and I think what he was getting at is like, why aren't, why aren't we hearing more from, you know, the athletic guys, Laz, Scotty, you know, pressing well, them about. Well, you know, in fairness to Laz, um, you know, he's, he's somebody somebody we love to hate. But he, since since he's le- he's left um, who he was writing for before, and sometimes I think yeah. that we, he was yeah. writing for, um, since he's left sometimes and gone to the athletic, he's become a lot more critical of the organization and a lot more a lot more cynical about the on-ice fortunes of the team, to his credit. Um and maybe he has more freedom to do so now that he's with um, with the athletic. Have the um, <laughs> back in the box, Les. Yeah. But um, you know the unfortunate fact of a lot of you know Josh Moore is a guy I developed who used to be with CSN Chicago. I developed a friendship with him after he mostly after he left Chicago, and um, you know the, what I learned from that was that you know if you're gonna be a you know a beat reporter for the Hawks, especially, you know, with, with NBCSN or CSN, um, you know, you got to, there's a certain degree to which you've got to sort of report things the way the team wants them reported. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I think that the beat guys all feel a certain pressure, um, you know, from their employers to, uh, to soft pedal certain things. And, you know, um, the other thing is it's really hard to, and we we sit in a really easy position. We can sit here and be as critical as exactly, we want. Exactly. Yeah. And we never come face to face with the players. So, I mean, that's the other thing too. So I, you know, I want to give the, the beat guys a little bit of a break in that regard. Yeah. Well, and, and that's part the, the unfortunate part of the job that, you know, you're not going to, if you're super critical of the organization, they're going to ice you out for a while. Right. And you're not going to get to be able to talk to players. Access, right. Yeah, you don't get gonna, to sit down. You're going to get privileges stand. taken away. Unfortunately, that's the way it works. Now, yeah. us, because we're independent, like, what are they going to do? They can't go to our bosses, like, right? <laughs> no, we're the bosses. <laughs> we're the bosses. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be calling up puck hockey and, and, and threatening, you know, whatever. Your boy, your sponsor. boy just got one on the power play. Who's that? A cat? cat, my friend. A lot of cat. He took yeah. it right up the gut, man. That was a horrible defensive play by Pittsburgh. That was yeah. just awful. Well, I'm glad to see the Cats finally getting hot again because he was not hot. Yeah, I no. think since they brought his boy uh, Strom back, he's been hot. Yep. Which you yep. Know They've got chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just undressed that guy at the blue line. That's great. Oh, Good. wow. And then chipped it over his blocker. Yep. The yeah. cat, my friend. <laughs> that cat. Is that Mata? Was that Ali Mata? Uh, that might have been. That was a nice goal. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think that's kind of our job, even though we don't, we don't get to ask them personally. Uh, I would be, I would be glad to, <laughs> uh, if we were, you know, granted, uh, press access, uh, to press conferences and stuff. But I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I know. I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> Although I keep telling myself, uh, that uh, they don't even know who we are anyway, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. <clears throat> Especially the way I assaulted their Twitter account last night with <laughs> with fail <laughs> gifts and stuff as yeah, they were as they were giving up a right. th- you know three nothing uh, deficit in the first period. Oh god. But anyway, so I I I was wrong on that one. <laughs> 
uh, back in the box, Liz. So I think that I think that just just about wraps it up at this point, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, you can find all of our wonderful content over at www.the-rink.com. The dash with the cash. Um, I will be uh, John. You came out with your piece today, which is very good. Uh, pe- people seem to have a lot of things to say about it. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, I have out- a guy. I, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. I, it was really interesting. A piece like that in the past, I would have gotten probably at least ten to fifteen percent of the responses would have been death threats, arguing <laughs> and saying you're wrong, and and the, nobody disagreed. Nobody. I didn't get one single bad piece of feedback on that. This aggression will not stand, man. Oh, oh, man. That's good. And I've got a yeah. piece coming out hopefully Friday. I think that's the way. I think it's way it's going to line up. Uh, where I had a I'll little bit of fun. I'll wait that with bated breath. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have a little fun with this one. Uh, it's not going to be your mainstream type, but it's going to be a little fun. But I, I hope everyone likes it. Um, but yeah, so get over to the thedashrank.com. We've been kicking butt with the coverage, the Blackhawks, the Ice Hogs. Uh, you heard Mario earlier. Uh, we Indy got, Fuel. Get the Indy Fuel NCAAs, with Evan. We got Chicago uh, Steel. Chicago we have a whole new, whole new chapter. Yep. Chicago Steel coverage, dedicated yep. and focused. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was even out there covering them for uh, uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. So uh, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff. Big. I got a coming. couple of plugs before we before we unplug. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let me finish up here with this. Uh, yep. You you can find us on the popular social media at the Rink Official. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, the Ringcast at the Ringcast on Twitter is the Ringcast, all the Ringcast news. Uh, I am at Puckin Hostel. You are at Jekyll, J A E C K E L. If you guys get a chance, head over to iTunes, rate and review us. That'll always help out. I'm actually thinking about also possibly seeing if I can uh, put this put this up on YouTube. Uh, after it'll be after the fact, uh, it wouldn't be live. Uh, they have they have a live feature, and that's just not going to work with the way I have this set up. But um, I'm thinking about putting, you know, back episodes and stuff on YouTube to get it to more uh, people. More people can listen to it and stuff like that. So we'll see what, how that goes. And maybe, and I'm considering this as well, and I haven't even brought this up to you yet, but um, I'm thinking uh, possibly in the future we would go to a, a version of this where we have video as well. Ah. Uh, um, then they get the body language. <laughs> I know. And, the, the, and we the, have, the, the the head banging on the desk, all those, all that yeah. stuff. That's awesome. We, uh, we have faces for radio, but, um, I think, you know, maybe that would be fun for people. You know, people might want to go out and, you know, actually watch it on YouTube and watch, you know, you can watch our faces and watch me make dumb faces and eat food and drink, uh, well, you know, drink my Red Bull and whatever yeah. while the kids are behind me and I'm yelling at them. And all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but that's, that's hopefully coming down the road. I'm, I'm hoping in 2019, we can come up with something like that. If people really I, think, enjoy yes, it. I think the video log format is 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 the next big step in Brinkcast history. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so too. Uh, I've just been trying to get trying to get all the uh, the technical parts together so we can do that. But uh, I, I think at some point we're going to do that. So, um, plugs. Uh, I want to plug Sean uh, Sean Sierra and Maya in the morning. Uh, they they have like a, it's an internet show. They they live they do a live stream like I just talked about through Facebook Live. Uh, they do it every morning for three hours. They talk uh, hockey with a lot, you know, a lot of different people. Uh, they asked me to call in this morning, and uh, I talked to them a couple weeks back as well. And we spoke for about a half hour about you know a lot of the Blackhawks stuff. I'm actually going to embed the uh, 
the episode in uh, with with the, the ringcast. Uh, so if anyone wants to go there, you can go to the two hour and thirty three minute mark. Go in there and you can listen to me talk uh, a lot of the same things that John and I talked about uh, today, but some other things too. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to them and thanks for uh, asking me to come talk Blackhawks with them. Uh, puckhockey.com. Go make sure you go to puckhockey.com. Get yourself some rink wear. There's lots of cool stuff there. Uh, I'm wearing mine because it's nice and chilly out and uh, using my hoodie everywhere. Going all you know, it's really good at the rink. It's good for that. Nice and big. You can wear it over your equipment if you want to, or at least some of your equipment, not if you're a goalie. But so puckhockey.com. Use uh, the rink is the discount code. You get ten percent off. Get get some stuff for your family or just support us. You know. If you like us, support us, share with your friends, you know, buy some stuff, things like that. Uh, that just, that, that's only does good stuff for us. And if, if you buy some rink wear, uh, you sent, you know, send me a picture of you wearing it. I'll put it up on our Instagram page just, you know, to get the word Russ out there. Russ got the hat trick. Three, Did three. Really? Yeah. Under a minute left in the second period. Yeah. There, there it goes. You know, like you were saying, there it is <laughs> the body language. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, all right, I'm done with plugs. You got plugs. Well, I'm going to echo the, the, the uh, puck hockey plug. Um, we just uh, set up all of our writers with, a, with some rink gear, and uh, the puck hockey folks were great about it. And I know that most of our readers don't care about that. Our listeners don't care about that. But um, if you're like me, I hate going to stores um, to shop any time of year, but especially this time of year. Um, man, it's so easy. You go. Um, they've got a great selection of stuff it's it's not your typical hockey stuff um they're really high quality t-shirts and hoodies uh flannels uh jerseys the whole nine yards um they, you know they, they do collaborations with metal uh bands they do collaborations with us they do <laughs> collaborations with rappers um and they just have a lot of cool fun hockey themed stuff i bought a t-shirt from them super <laughs> yeah, I bought a T-shirt from them. It's black and it has the coolest design of a maple leaf on the front of it with puck hockey logos in it. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, they'll, they'll send it to you, you know, wrapped up. They include some of their decals. Um, they got all kinds of cool decals that, that they produce. Um, you know, this stuff is just—it's real high quality material. They have nice little touches on it, like embroidered logos uh, on the sleeves. Um, you know, and it, it's the kind of stuff that you wear. And I, I, people like at work will look at my stuff and go, man, where'd you get that? That's awesome. And I'll tell them it's puck hockey. And, and so if you've got a hockey players in your, in your life, in your family, um, you got friends who are hockey fans and you're looking for a quick gift for them. Cause that's the other thing. The stuff is really reasonably priced. Plus, plus you get that the rink discount, T H E R I N K. So it's P U C K H C K Y.com. I strongly urge you before before this this ringcast is over, um, you know, moonlight on us and go on over there to Puck Hockey. Check it out. Um, they have free shipping on orders over hundred dollars. Um, they give and, you lots uh, of free gifts too. Don't, don't yeah, throw, I mean, like, it's just it's just a stuff. great experience. They they do it right, and uh, um, it, like I said, and the stuff the stuff looks great. It's just really cool clothing and and gear. Um, so that's one of my plugs. My other plug is for our, um, our social media community. Um, it's really grown. Um, we have some great discussion on our Facebook page. Um, like Daniel Mech, our guy, um, Jackie Davis, 
um, you know, Derek Slavellis, um, and that that group is really growing all the time with uh, new people and uh, a lot of great perspectives. Our buddy Jim Chaplin, who is <laughs> arguably the most cynical Blackhawk fan on the planet, I, I think he is on the planet. Um, and uh, you know, it's just it's it's really gratifying to see that this community has grown up around us and around our brand. And uh, um, you know, I don't I don't know how or why. I, we're, we must be doing something right because. Uh, that's what's happening. We're getting a lot of a lot of traffic on our message boards for our articles, um, and our listenership on the Ringcast is is still you know just like amazing. So thank you, thank you all of you for for being part of our community, and uh, we got more stuff coming. We, you know, like the video the video uh, Ringcasts, um, you know, more coverage. We've got like a dozen writers now. Um, so stick with us. Great things are coming and, and we, we love having you guys around. Yeah. And I'm going to start pulling some new voices in. Uh, we'll see if maybe we'll get four in on. He hasn't been on yes. yet. Some of the, some of the, uh, some of the people you've seen, right. But you haven't really heard their voices. Uh, we're going to, we might have them on. Um, I've already, I've got confirmations. Uh, Mr. Al Simaglia, uncle Al, he's going to come uncle on. Al, with Al, us Belter, Alberto. Yeah. Alberto. Yeah. Uh, Al Simaglia, you know, from you, you may have heard him on NHL radio. Great guy. Uh, one of the guys I respect, uh, highly respect in Blackhawks land uh, with his coverage. Uh, and I have for a long time. So that would be great. I'm going to be geeking out on that. And uh, another guy that I geek out about is Chris Block. I love Chris Block. Love yeah. love all the stuff he's done. Uh, I asked him, you know, if you want to come on sometime and uh, probably after the holidays, uh, we're going to have Chris Block on. So, you know what? That's great because uh, I miss Chris Block's podcast. So if I can't if I can't listen to Chris Block's podcast, I'm going to make a podcast and put Chris Block on it. So how about that? Even if I have to go to uh, the Ironworks and, and meet him there <laughs> mid game. Uh, so anyway, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, we we got a lot of stuff coming up, and we'll have people like you know we might have Bob Rose on again, and uh, you know uh, Eric will come on when we'll start talking about prospects and stuff, and uh, yeah. A lot of good stuff going on around here. Looking really yeah, Bob's been uh, Bob's been he was dealing with some some family issues, um, and we're thinking about you, Bob. And and uh, I think he's going to come back strong here pretty soon and uh, start dropping some of those knowledge bombs. Um, and uh, knowledge nuggets and knowledge new, bombs, yeah. Uh, blue mesh uh, rink baseball cap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shameless be- plug. But we got to get Bob back on the show, too, because, man, you know, when that guy starts talk, talking hockey, like my hockey IQ goes up about 10 points. Nailed it! Yep. Yeah, I like that. I like to have that, those smart people like that. Uh, oh, Tim Turk, um, shoot the shooting coach par excellence, but arguably the, the top shooting coach in the NHL has agreed to be on a podcast. We just got to get around to getting him on. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good potential things, and maybe some other things that, that we can't yet talk about, but possibly... Uh, in the future so that would be really nice um, so I guess that being said the Blackhawks are in uh, second intermission it's 3-2 Pittsburgh so by the time this comes out you will have no you will know what has happened but uh, uh, it was you know good spending time with everybody like doing this Blackhawks game so it's uh, about time to get out of here huh it is indeed alright man so until next episode see you on the ring <laughs>